Thanks for joining us today as you listen to a portion of a message recorded at Vine Life Church in Boulder, Colorado. If you'd like to connect with us further, you can visit us online at www.vinelife.com. So as we ramp up to Christmas, it really is, um, it's a season of mystery. It's a season of anticipation. It's a season of waiting. It's a season of suspecting something's about to happen, but not quite knowing. If you ever felt, know what that feels, know what that feels like. And so we're, we've kind of titled this Advent series, Do You See What I See? And Bob brought a great message last week about seeing beyond cost and sacrifice to what God is doing in our lives. I encourage you to listen to it. It's a great talk. And I want to continue on that theme because there's, it's still a subversive idea um, that we are 2,000 years later still talking about Jesus coming in an unsuspected, un, you know, in a way that nobody suspected. He came as a baby underneath the radar of what anybody suspected. And and, and it's important that we also understand, while it's true that, yeah, Jesus came and we know the punchline, we know the end of that story, the way the kingdom arrives in our life typically is imperceptible. Um, and, and, and when we don't get that and we don't realize that, oftentimes we miss that Jesus is crashing into our lives and we can be completely oblivious to it. But I believe, and we believe, and what we're talking about here is that we are called to be people who train our seeing and train our sight to see with spiritual eyes, that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened to hope, right? And that, in, that involves an intentional retraining of, of the way we see our lives and the things that we're going through. And so that's why, that's why Advent is so important that we talk about because there is a little bit of a, um, an anomaly here because it's a season that we talk about peace on earth, and if we're to look at a broad perspective on earth, um, does it ever feel strange to, to sing about peace on earth when it seems like things aren't super peaceful, right? Is it, is it strange to, to sing about hope and goodwill uh, when sometimes those things uh, seem out of reach, um, if we're to be quite honest? And that's kind of on a broad level, even I think personally, this touches, this intersects our life. And for each of you in the room today, there's places of, of mystery in your life. There's places of, of questions, right? And that uh, we know, I think probably most of us in the room can can be in this room and rejoice that we know, as Jeremiah 29, 11 says, that God has plans for a hope and a future. Amen? That God has plans for a hope and a future, but have you ever known that, but then been caught in the middle of, I know he has hopes and plans for the future, but I'm not sure what those are yet, right? I'm still waiting for those things to unfold. And so this can look a lot of different ways for us. Um, Unreconciled relationships, Unrealized dreams. Um, it's the mother who got in a fight with her son and is waiting for him to call again and to see when things are going to actually get better in that relationship. It's, it's, it's when you're stuck in a job you hate, and you hate it because you know that your passions lie elsewhere. So what do you do in, a, in those, those places, Right? It's being filled with faith for healing in Jesus' name for yourself or for, for someone you love. But being filled with faith, but your body hasn't quite caught up yet. Right? You're still waiting for that, the power and the potency of those prayers to be manifested. And so we, 
we, we get, we're in these places where we, we have seeds of faith and seeds of hope and we haven't quite seen them realized yet. So how do you maneuver through some of those things, right? And, and, and it's because we have a desire for resolve. We have a desire for resolve. And just imagine singing like, How Great Thou Art. But like when you get to that last line, not singing the last note. You ever try to do that? How great thou art, how great thou And it just drives you crazy, right? Because you're waiting for that thing to, to lift, to drop, right? I mean, you're la- waiting for that last note to pull it all together. And I feel like sometimes that, that's what it's like uh, living and walking in this world that, that we're in. It's like we, we suspect what that last note's supposed to sound like, but we, it just, we just haven't heard it yet. We haven't seen it. We haven't stepped into it yet, right? And, uh, and this is important because we spend most of our lives, even journeying with Jesus, we spend most of our lives in waiting places and in process places and in a culture that's, that's riddled with anxiety, just riddled with just waiting for something to happen. We are called to be a people who can be in a process because you guys understand that who we're becoming in the places of waiting is just as important, sometimes even more important than what we're waiting for in our lives. Who you're becoming in waiting, waiting periods has everything to do with where Jesus is breaking in. Anybody? So this is why we got to get comfy here. All right, you just got to get comfy in the question mark. I just made that up. That sounded so good. I like. I'm, somebody write that down and email it to me. And so, uh, so, so as we unfold this and uh, um, this week and, and next week before we get to Christmas Eve, um, we're just going to continue to to lean into this. How do we be in these places of unresolve, and and uh, how do we be when we can't see exactly what God is doing in in our life. What happens in the places where I, I can't quite pinpoint what has happened. I think something's happened. I just can't quite see it. So if you have your Bibles, open up to Luke chapter 1. And uh, picking up in the story that we know well, but it's so full of beauty, so full of power. And uh, as we read it, let's just invite the Holy Spirit. This is uh, the passage right after the angel comes to Mary and uh, announces to her that something, something's up and she gets to be the recipient of, uh, you know, she won the lottery, right? Um, you were picked to give birth to the Messiah, Great. Uh, how is this supposed to work, right? And so uh, the, the angel shows up to her, brings good tidings of great joy. She's scared out of her mind. And, uh, but she says, may it be unto me according to your, to your word. Such a beautiful heart we see in Mary as she receives this gift. She receives the deposit, the Holy Spirit in her life. And uh, what I love is what happens in the very next scene. Okay, the very next scene uh, is this. In those days Mary arose, this is verse 39, by the way. In those days Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country to a town in Judah, and she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. 
And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. Amen. I love this passage, the progression of what's happening here. Um, Because this next scene, we, we see that Mary receives the announcement. She receives the gift of God inside of her body. Uh, and the next scene, it says she makes haste to go visit Elizabeth. Make haste, by the way, is another word of saying lightly jogged. <laughs> From what I can tell. She went to go see her cousin. Um, and I, I don't think that detail should go without noticing that the very first thing she does after she receives the good news is she goes and shares the moment with somebody that loves her and knows her. And she goes in, and before she can even explain, before she can spill the beans, before she just, you know, erupts with this marvelous story of what's happening, Elizabeth interrupts her and says, I know exactly what's happening. Because I have a baby inside of me, and... From what I can tell, something's going on, and so I think something's going on in you, right? And so Elizabeth, upon seeing Mary, she begins to announce to Mary what she sees in Mary. And I love this. She says to her, hey, wait a second. Blessed is the fruit of your womb. Mary, you, what's in your womb is blessed right now. What you are carrying inside of you is blessed. This is before Mary says anything. And I, and I love this I love what, what we see here, what we read, um, because Mary, at this point, from what we can tell, she's alone in what she's carrying. She hasn't told anybody. It's her. She hasn't even told Joseph yet, from what we can tell. But she visits Elizabeth because she goes to share. She goes because she needs the encouragement. She needs the confidence, the assurance that what she's experiencing is actually from God. And so that's what Elizabeth does. She comes in and through her words, through what she sees, she offers reinforcement to Mary. And I think it's such a vital principle that we understand, you know, for the places in our lives where we're carrying something in our lives that are just seeds in the moment. They haven't, you know, Mary's, you know, tummy hasn't pushed out yet. She's not like too far into this thing. Um, but she needs the reinforcement in order to carry this well. And I, like, I, I love what's happening here because I think what this is showing us is that uh, oftentimes we miss where God's at work in our lives because we're too close to the action. Sometimes we're too close to our own lives to be able to see what's going on. We need other people around us to be able, with their spiritual eyes, to look inside of our guts and say, this is what's happening inside of you, and I'm going to call it out. This is so good. This is so pivotal. Um, because I think for a lot of us in the room, as I listen to stories, I listen to stories all the time of people in different parts of the process. Uh, you know, as, as, as our lives are unfolding in adoption processes, in healing processes, in kind of workplace, you know, labor, vocational processes, 
Um, in relational process, I mean, we're, there's these things that we're holding and that we're waiting for. And most of the time, the common theme that I see in almost everyone I talk to is that they're too close to what they're walking through to be able to see that God is actually right in the thick with them. Oftentimes, we're buried in the weeds as we're sorting things out. And this, this happens in a lot of ways. You know, mothers or fathers, if you're a stay-at-home mom or dad, you know, you're with your ki- kids all day and you're trying to discipline them into the kingdom, praise the Lord. But most of the time, it feels like we're just guessing. Um, me? Sometimes it's like, gosh, uh, is this working? Um, I don't know because I've been here all day and I'm about to lose my mind, right? You know, obviously I'm exaggerating that just a hair, but like you get to understand when you're in the thick of it, you know, say even with your kids, mothers and fathers, um, it's, it's, we're so close to what's happening in these interactions, it's hard to see if we're making a, any difference. We're asking that question, am I actually a good mother or father? <laughs> but isn't it amazing when you have somebody from the outside come in and say, hey, this is what I see in your kids, or this is what I see about your parenting, or this is what I see you doing well. There's something about it that's a fresh breath of air. You can't see it yourself because you're too close to it. I, I think I, I talk to a lot of men in particular who are in the middle of career decisions and they're unsatisfied they're unfulfilled it's hard to see what's going on and and i certainly i certainly believe that god can oftentimes moves us in and out of different seasons absolutely but sometimes we fail to see the fruit that's actually being born in that season of waiting right and i think sometimes as men we we uh we're so at the grind we're, you know, we're, we're trying to get things working and moving that it's hard to see exactly what's happening. I have a friend who, you know, for the last several years was in hospice care. And every time I talked to him, he didn't like his job. But then he'd start sh- sharing me, with me these stories of these interactions, talking with people who were basically preparing for death. And he had the chance to be with these families and actually minister hope and love as they were preparing for death. And and, uh, and yeah, I, I'm not saying that he was, he was, he's born to do that for the rest of his life, but every time I was with him, I was like, do you not see? Do you not see that you are uniquely positioned with the spirit of encouragement to be in this room with people who are preparing for major life change? Do you not see that God is breaking in here? And yeah, you're holding this want or this desire, and that's probably even a good desire, but don't forsake the seeds of the kingdom that are being planted right where you're at in the waiting. You know what I'm saying? But it took me having to be with him, and, 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 and same thing for me. A lot of the pivotal things that I've, I've walked through, I don't think it would be the same if I weren't sharing those with people I love, you know, the, with, with Bob and with Ed and Mike and, and, and other friends in my life and, and Megan and just people that are able to, say, to look at decisions or look at things that are on the table and say, hey, this is, this is how I'm feeling, but this is what I'm seeing. And because I can't see my life very clearly because I'm too close to it, right? When you're in the middle of the forest or whatever that saying is, in your middle of the forest, you can't see the trees. When we're so close to our lives, oftentimes we cannot discern what God is doing and what it takes as a loving person from the outside to be able to say, this is what I see, Okay? It was fun this last week because 
had the opportunity to go out to Nashville for this really fun little conference called Story Brand, which essentially is a lot of marketplace leaders, uh, nonprofit leaders who are there. Um, and what they're doing is they're, they're working on their businesses and their organizations, and they're learning to tell their story better so people can engage. But it's funny, because I was in a room about 100 people, and uh, um, all across the room, anytime there would be like this group work time where we'd all have to start sharing notes, everybody was terrible at explaining what they did in a way that made any sense, Okay. But the, moment, but the moment everybody else was listening, everybody else was able to, to hear what, the, what was going on in the other person and help them make sense of what they were doing. Okay? So we were all there to, to, be, to, to find clarity in what it is that like, we were building and called to, but everyone was really bad at doing them, themselves. But what it took was a whole team of people, and it, everything was more clear as soon as somebody else was invited into that process. And by the end of the week, you had about 100 people, these organizational leaders, business leaders, nonprofit leaders, who by the end of the week, they, they could confidently speak of what they were bringing into the world through their organization. And it was powerful. It was super powerful, but it wouldn't have happened if they tried to figure out on their own. It took a group to do that, right? And I think this is something, this is one of the mysteries of the kingdom of God, and this is something that grates against our culture. Because all of us, we live in an individualized culture. And what's celebrated is when I can figure out my life by myself and make it happen without needing anybody else. Right? I don't like, you know, in, in our culture, we don't like to need other people. We don't like to have to depend on other people for this, but the, the, the subversive nature of the kingdom is that he doesn't tell us everything. In fact, he tells it to somebody else so that we have to depend on them to tell it back to us. You don't know everything that you carry. You don't. There's treasures that are hidden inside of you. There's treasures, there's design that God created you for. There is, there is a deposit within you, and God is so sneaky, that, and he's, he cares about you so much that he's going to tell it to that guy. And it's super frustrating that he does that, because I want to be able to, me and God, we're going to figure this thing out. Me and God, we're going to tag team this thing. Nope. I'm going to set you into a family, and you're going to sharpen each other. You're going to say things that you wouldn't have otherwise thought of. You're going to share things with each other that you didn't know you were lacking. And that's what I love all throughout the New Testament. This is what we see is not individuals pursuing God, but a family. Well, he, that's what he's up to. That's what God is up to. The way he breaks into our life oftentimes is so communal that it's frustrating, but this is how it works, right? So here's how Paul writes about it in Ephesians 1, 17 through 19, and I was reading it this morning in pre-service prayer upstairs. I love the way Paul prays this over the Ephesian church. He says, that the God of, of, of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you? What are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints? Don't you love that? The riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. Oh, the riches and the treasure and the depth of the inheritance that has been given to the saints, right? The inheritance that is in the core of each one of you. Riches, treasures, treasures. 
And I love the progression here. Having the eyes of your heart open. Open up your eyes that you may know the hope. So he's praying that they have eyes to know the hope. And where's the hope? In the saints, right? And so what's happening here? He's praying this out. He's praying out really good theology here for us. That, that what's, what God, I believe, is intending, and this is, this is what I think Jesus was even doing in the way he designed this whole thing, was um, he was pl- praying that our eyes would continue to be unhopened, to, to open to see things, to see hope, that it lies in the saints. So we get to call that out. Our eyes get to open up to the inheritance of the saints, and their eyes get to open up to the her- inheritance that's within us. This is how... God has designed it. And I love that this is what Jesus is up to when he was born, and this is what Jesus is up to when he died. That both times, both times, when he was born, he was bringing people together, right? Mary and Joseph and the shepherds and the kings and all these people were coming and everybody was coming together in his birth. And even on the cross, when he would die on the cross, he said, John, behold your mother. Mother, behold your son. He was bringing people together even in his death. And we cannot, I cannot overemphasize how important it is to know that what God is doing in my life is not just up to me. It becomes more apparent as I plant myself in a loving, his loving community in his design. And the same is true for you. The things that you are carrying in your life if it's divorced from the loving care of, of people who know you and can speak into you, even in simple ways, it, 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 it will not see a full manifestation. That's how seeds are cared for. That's how seeds of the kingdom are cared for. They're cared for together, right? That's how they're cared for. And Paul says it like this in 1 Corinthians. He's emphasizing this with The Corinthian church in chapter 12, he says this, For the body does not consist of one one member, but of many. If the foot should say, Because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, Because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. And so we know this. We've, we've read this probably many times before. And there's a lot of applications to this particular passage. But, I, but again, just to bring it, just to frame this in, you will only become who you are supposed to be, who you're supposed to become when you're surrounded by others who can help you see. When you're surrounded by others who can help you see. And so here's, here's what I believe is something that we can do today. I, I, I know that potentially for some of us that, that creates a little bit of attention because maybe you're very well aware of that and you're looking for loving relationships in your life to help you with that. Maybe that's been difficult. And yeah, that's a, it's a good desire. And I believe that God is with you in that desire. I can't, we can't control who speaks into our life. I mean, you can invite others to do that. Um, but for the sake of today, 
the one thing that we can do, every, every single one of us in this room, the one thing that you can do right now is respond by speaking life into somebody else in your life, okay? You can't control who does that for you, but you can, you can make a decision to intentionally be proactive about calling out something you see in a person that God has uniquely positioned in your life. And this is really important because you are not just a random person with random relationships. I just want to speak this over you. God has, has planted you. He has positioned you as a beacon of hope. The, the, the people that you work with, the people that are your neighbors, the people that you interact with are not random people in your life. God has sent you. God has sent you as a, as a missionary, but as a child, a son and daughter of God to represent something, to display something, to display and speak a message of hope that they may not otherwise hear. Anybody with me on that? Okay? Do not forget, you are not random and the people in your life are not random. You were created for purpose, you were created to be alive, and you were created to announce life to every person you're with. And when we get this, when we get really good at this, creating a culture of honor, creating a culture we can see into inside of each other, and just like Elizabeth, we don't have to wait to be asked to say, hey, wait a second, I see something inside of you, and I don't know if you see this, or maybe you do see it, but I'm going to tell it to you again. I loved even when I was at this conference last week, there was a guy who interrupted me at the end of the thing, and, and I don't know if he's a believer, I think he was, but he came up to me and said, hey, I just want you to know, I, I sense this peacemaker thing about you. I like it. Then he walked away. <laughs> and it's like, I, I knew that. I already knew that. But he said it to me. I'm like, really? You know, you do? Wow. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't do that. Um. <laughs> yeah, I did, actually. <laughs> I'm pretty insecure myself, so. uh. No, but there's something, even when you know it, even when you know it, come on, let's be a people who do this for each other so we're not forgetting. Because when you're in the weeds, you will forget. When you're in the thick of your life, you will forget. It's not a matter of if, you will. And that's why God plants us with each other to speak things out in definitive ways, in intentional ways, to call it out so we make sure for each other that that gold will not be buried. That gold will rise to the surface inside of you. Come on, that's what we're called to do. Can you imagine that type of community invading the future? Can you imagine your neighborhood when you're, when you're doing that for your neighbors and, and not in weird, bizarre ways? You know, you don't have to say, hey, Blessed is the fruit of your womb. You know, it's like, that's, that's not going to work. But you can say what you see. It's like, hey, by the way, I noticed this about you. And I, I want you to know, notice that. I, that's really cool. And uh, I think that's something that maybe you've been given uniquely to, to walk out. Or whatever makes sense in your, your own language and in the context that you're in. There's ways that we do this. And so here's what I want to do. I thought it would be fun to end this way um, if you guys are with me. Um, it's always good to respond in the moment because I know you. You're like me. You're going to walk out the doors and, and not, you know, you're going to get sucked into, you know, parenting and, and crockpots and lunch and the football games and the whole thing. 
Um, let's do something that we can all respond to right now, okay? Um, I, I, I want to take a moment. Here's what we're going to do. We're going we're gonna to take a minute, and I, I want you to ask. We're going to pray, and we're going to wait. Ask for one person in your life that needs encouragement. Maybe they've forgotten who they are or what they carry. Maybe they need a bit of hope. Preferably somebody outside of this room because because you're going to, the punchline is going to be stolen a little bit, because if you get a note from somebody else in the room, I mean, they told you to do that. Though, you could could do this for somebody else in the room. Uh, We're going to wait on the Holy Spirit to bring to mind one person, and then in a minute, we're actually going to get our phones and send a text message, or we have cards in the back. We're going to write a note, and we're going to do it right now, okay? So, uh, I'm going to, we're just going to take one minute, and uh, just across the room, let ask the Holy Spirit, bring to mind one person in my life that I know needs a word of encouragement. Maybe write their name down or just take a mental note. I'm trusting that a name or a face popped into your mind. Maybe an old friend or a neighbor or coworker or family member. And I just want you to think about uh, who, the, who are they in the spirit? Or, th- or just even on a, on a, on a different level, uh, think about what you love about them. That's okay too. One thing. What might they need to be reminded of right now? It could be, hey, I just, just want to let you know, like I, I, um, when I'm with you, I'm so, you know, you're so full of wisdom, and I love that about you, that you always know exactly what to say. Or when I'm with you, I always feel joy, um, and you know how to, uh, you know how to bring light into any conversation or. Um, I can tell how caring and compassionate you are. If it's a believer, you can use language like, hey, I, I think, uh, you know, in the spirit, um, maybe this is a calling that you have, you know, if they, if they know what you're talking about. So here's, here's, here's what I invite you to do. Um, if you're a text messaging kind of person, okay, this is something you normally do, um, get out your phone, and we're gonna, I'm going to put up just a little thing on the screen. So we're going to send out a text message. And if, you don't, if you're not a text message person, if there's something that's like, you know, you're diametrically opposed to doing this over text message, that's fine too. We have cards in the back. And you can write a handwritten card, okay? So in a, in a moment, you can just get up and go get a card and write this down. But I want to show you just, just a quick thing. Uh, we're going to leave this up on the screen. But I think it would be awesome if we had a couple hundred people just send, just blast out words of encouragement to people outside of this room all at one time and see what happens.
okay? I'm gonna make this really easy. Uh, here's, this is just a sample. You can do what you want. Hi, I was just thinking about you. And I wanted you to know what I see in you. Okay, that's a great starting line. Um, number two, I believe, a few things. Um, you can say, I believe you carry compassion or joy um, or a peacemaking spirit. I believe you are, yeah, you're a, you're a wise person. You're a good friend. Or I believe God has given you the gift of hospitality or healing. Just fill in the blank. And then the third part, you might not always remember this, but please do, don't forget that this is who you are. Isn't that good? So if you have your phone, just write down. We're going to give you another minute or two. And again, if you want to do this on a card, just fill it out, put the person's name, give it to them this week. Do not forget. Okay? And, and let this be kind of a practice thing. It's fun to even get into a rhythm of this, to every now and then when somebody's name comes to mind, just be able to just shoot out a text. It's, there's something so powerful about this. Why? Because we forget, and God has positioned us in people's lives to make sure that they can see where he's at work in their life and maybe what they forgot themselves. Does that make sense? This is how the gospel intersects our life. He has positioned us to be a beacon of hope, to be a beacon of light, and so do, let's do this in our words, in our conversation. Let's do this as we're writing uh, on a text message. Let's do this. Let's write some cards this Christmas. And let's trust that as we're cooperating with um, the Spirit of God, um, that we're, we, are, we are announcing that our words are piercing into dark, dark foggy places. This is Larry. He gets to say whatever he wants whenever he wants. So <laughs> He gets an all-time pass to the microphone. This, this is embarrassing for me. This is the first time I've been up here in front of you all, and I can't see any of you because of my glasses. But I just wanted to say thank you for putting up with me all these years, and the gratitude I have for all of you is deep in the bottom of my heart. Thank you for coming. God bless you. <laughs> that was the most powerful thing anyone said all morning (laughs) okay who was able to uh, shoot at a a message just raise your hand okay a bunch of us some of you again get a car don't miss the opportunity that's good and again we're trusting that our eyes are opening up, that the eyes of our hearts are enlightened to the hope within us according to the riches of the inheritance in the saints. Who are the saints? Us. All of those who draw near to Jesus, right? So let's be this people that God's called us to be. Let's be a perceptive people who see and speak and invite the world to see what God's doing as well. Hey, let's stand together. We're ending a little.